Welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, an integrative health podcast by Center for New Medicine. We created the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast as an extension of our mission to educate and empower individuals along their health journey. This integrative health podcast will bring you in-depth expert interviews on a plethora of health topics. Tune in bi-weekly for interviews on how to create a non-toxic lifestyle, integrative approaches to treating complex health concerns like diabetes, Lyme's, Hashimoto's, Crohn's, adrenal fatigue, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, cancer prevention, early cancer detection, integrative cancer treatments, and so much more. Through the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast, we hope to provide cutting-edge, science-based information you can use to create a happier and healthier life for you and your loved ones. and welcome to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Lindsay, and today I'm interviewing Dr. Bita, and this is her first time on the show. So she gives us a little bit of her background, shares how she came to work at the Center for New Medicine and the main role that she plays here. And then we dive into today's topic, which is parasites. And this is a topic that's not commonly discussed, so I can't wait for each of you to listen to this and hopefully learn something new, learn something that is kind of a hard topic to get really good, up-to-date information on. We here at the Center and the Cancer Center for Healing deal with parasitic infections all day long. Almost all of our cancer patients have a parasitic infection along with other underlying infections, but this is a critical, critical component of addressing health, especially chronic diseases. It can very often be an underlying issue. But unfortunately, here in the U.S. and first world countries, we don't really think that parasitic infections are even possible for us. But in reality, they are. And so Dr. Bita walks us through why are these infections concerning, how they can lead to chronic inflammation, how we come by these infections in our modern first world countries, the tests we can do to identify them correctly, why stool tests aren't always very reliable, and then the treatments we can do to help eliminate them once and for all. So please enjoy this interview with Dr. Bita. Well, welcome, Dr. Bita, to the Be Perfectly Healthy podcast. We're so excited to have you on for the first time. And as this is your first time, we'd love to give the audience, the listeners, a little bit of your background. So if you don't mind, can you share for us how you came to be in the medical field? Were you always in integrative medicine or was that something that you became attracted to later on? Give us a little bit of your story. Hi, thank you, Leanne, for having me here. I uh, graduated family practice medicine um, in New York, and when I moved here, I wasn't sure what I'm going to do, going to have a private practice or work in a group. So I started working at Urgent Cares. I started working for Kaiser for a private family practice, and then... Um, 
I started seeing patients at Urgent Care and Kaiser who were doing integrative medicine, who were interested in natural and supplement, which I, at that time I didn't have any knowledge in it. I had zero knowledge because in school we don't learn anything about natural and mm -hmm. look at the root cause. It's all about you have this symptom, take this medicine. You have this, take that. So we, it's a Band-Aid method, basically. Mm -hmm. So we don't look at the root cause of any, and then I would see patient who was actually, one of the patients was uh, pancreatic cancer who was treating herself with natural, taking a lot of enzymes and doing IV vitamin C and not going typical surgery, chemo, radiation. As you know, pancreatic cancer patients tend to survive maybe up to one year, you know. Mm. Um, but this patient, it was three years into it and actually oh, wow. was living with her tumor. So tumor is a sign of a symptom, you know, weakened immune system. So she didn't attack the tumor, getting rid of it. She just, all she did was trying to boost her immune system, alkalining her diet, looking for root cause, and basically living with her cancer. But a lot of patients, when they do get the cancer diagnosis, I want this thing out of my body. I mm -hmm. want the tumor cut out. And they think, and that's it, getting it cut out, which a lot of surgeons and oncologists say, get the tumor right away, otherwise it's going to spread. But one thing people should know is you have cells floating in your blood already from that initial diagnosis. I know we're not going to talk about cancer but <laughs> because I see a lot of cancer patients, but that's the case that interests me to look into other method of treating. Because at that time I was trained if you have cancer, uh, cut it out, radiate, and chemo. Mm -hmm. So that's, what, that's the way we were trained and attack it right away before it spreads all over. We were never talked about circulating tumors, cell and cancer cells. So was that sort of a turning point for you when you saw, started seeing these patients that were more integrative and that made you interested in, I think there's something here, I want to look into this. Yeah, exactly. So what I started doing is look into, um, study more about integrative medicine, learning more about it. And then I looked for a lo empty location to come and maybe rent and practiced and I this place came up for mm. an empty location then I came to check it out and then I saw a huge practice here I'm like yeah, that's interesting then I left my resume next thing you know I get an interview and um, then uh, I started shadowing Dr. Keneally and learning from her and I'm like wow this is interesting but I kind of didn't believe in it in the beginning, giving so much vitamins and stuff. I'm like, what if this damaged the liver? What about, you know, it was interesting. So I had to do a lot of books I read, a lot of courses I took. And then I started after, I don't know, eight months after initial seeing Dr. Keneally and shadowing her once a week and just come on my own time and see what she's doing. And I um, got interested, and then I switched, and I started uh, working here mm -hmm. and got my board certification in holistic medicine, and I, yeah. it, was, it was a fun journey, and I'm still learning. We are learning every day new stuff. Absolutely. I think that's one of the just defining factors of every practitioner at this center is and we all know, because Dr. Keneally's sending all of us new articles and research papers every, almost every single day. Yes, so it's she phenomenal. is keeping us up to date. She is a great mentor. <laughs> and how long have you been at the center? So eight years now. Okay. And then I know, can you give the audience a little bit of 
What are some of the main types of patients you see here, the main issues you address? So I see, I mean, a lot of patients who come to us, they, they're tired of the conventional. They've gone through doctors. They cannot figure out what the problem is. They may offer psychiatric medicine or you're just depressed or you're just anxious. Take this medicine instead of looking at root cause or some patient been going to doctors for years and they can be treated for what they have mm-hmm. and they get their own bunch of drugs and still not feeling good. So we see our, we see patients that they have elevated blood pressure, diabetes, they want to reverse, they don't want to take so many medicine. Mm -hmm. So we basically help them to optimize the body. We look at the whole body Mm -hmm. and uh, once the body is fixed, everything is optimized. You don't have infection, you don't have viruses, you don't have vitamin deficiencies. Once everything is fixed, patients feel fantastic. Mm A lot of chronic illnesses, cancer being one of them. Yeah, yeah. 50% of my patients are cancer patients, and then 50% are preventive, anti-cancer. I have never been surprised, knock on the wood, on my patient. I've been diagnosed a lot of new patients that I was like, you know what, there's something going on, you need to do this, and I find cancer in them. But I haven't, knock on wood, got surprised with cancer, except mm. one case. Because most of my patients, I know what's going on with them. They don't come here surprised, like, oh, I got a new diagnosis of cancer. I don't get that. Because I already know if something is cooking in them, they're working on it. But I had one case, patient with glioblastoma, but the patient had brain tumor, and he was seeing me for blood pressure and other stuff. And then once he came, and he waited two weeks to see me because I was busy at that time. This was like four or five years ago. He had drooping of his face. I'm mm-hmm. like, why didn't you go to a doctor or urgent care? Why did you wait a two weeks? He's like, no, I don't trust anyone wanted to be seen by you. Mm-hmm. But of course, after exam, I'm like, you know, something is going on. We need to have a scan of your brain. I sent him to ER. And then he was diagnosed with glioblastoma. Wow. And that was the only case I missed, but I didn't know anything because brain tumors doesn't show anything in the blood. Mm. And if we do these liquid biopsies or early cancer testing, it's not going to show. Wow. So I did miss one case, but other than that, knock on wood. Yeah. Um, not yet. And one of you know, bringing us back to the topic of today's episode, which is parasites, we often find, especially here at the center, that an underlying parasitic infection can be a contributing factor to many of the chronic illnesses that you guys address here at the center. So let's start from the top though, because some people might hear parasitic infection and think, oh, no, 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 we live in America. We don't have those here. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, and then they don't even know why that's an issue for the, from the start. So can you talk a little bit about Maybe what percentage do you think roughly of patients have some kind of infection in their gut? So as you said, um, Eastern, people say, oh, the people living in Western world, they don't get parasite. This is a Eastern in India, in other countries, they're going to get um, parasite. But people don't realize, okay, you may not get it because you wash your hand all that very well, but you have pets. So 50% of cats, they done a studies in 2020, that 50% of cats have parasites. Oh my God. 50, 47, it was 47, 48%. 
and one-third of dogs have parasites. Dog owners tend to be better at taking their dogs to a pet vet and give them a dewormer, but some of a lot of my patients, they don't. Mm. They're like, oh, I'm not doing it. I did initially. I'm not doing it anymore. You need to at least twice a year, every six months, go to a vet and give a dewormer. Wow. Why? Because that dog can lick you, can lick you, and then you put your hand in your mouth, and somehow you get the egg or cyst. Most of all our patient here, the ones who have pets, tend to have parasites. Oh, wow. And they do get it from their dogs or cats. And especially cat owner don't give much dewormer either. Dog owner are better to give it, but in cats it's higher. And the patient can't get toxoplasmosis. I had an amazing case. Young girl came to me with two, three different antipsychotic, anxiety, uh, depression, and um, uh, and. Uh, uh, benzodiazepine drug like three different drugs and they thought she's crazy and guess what we saw her I examined her and um, she had a special rash and then she was treated for toxoplasmosis and uh, her symptom went away wow. we got her off of the antiparasitic I got another doctor's help in terms of treating the parasite and uh, we got rid of her parasites, and she came back to me and crying, thank you for listening to me, not thinking I'm crazy. Yeah. Because it can cause neurotoxins and affect your brain. Exactly. So, and parasite diagnosis is one of the most misdiagnoses. An Indian doctor gave a talk and said up to 50% of population may have parasite. Wow. And you can't give a percentage in U.S. because it's not that diagnosed. It's hard to diagnose mm -hmm. because you can't just do a stool test, which a lot of general practitioner, Western doctor would say, do a stool test, uh, let's see if you have parasite, and 99% of the time it's negative. Mm -hmm. Unless you have have an acute, let's say, giardia. You went to Mexico or a country, foreign country, you came back with diarrheas and you got that giardia and they treat you, you know. But if giardia missed and you don't treat that initial diarrhea, later on you could get chronic constipation. Wow. With the parasite infection. Yeah. So parasite infection can cause constipation, can cause a lot of different symptoms. And what are parasites? A lot of patients may say or people think of what are basically parasite could be single uh, cells, the organism like protozoa, or they could be uh, multi, like you could have a tapeworm, you could have hookworm, you could have flatworm. Um, and flukes, mm -hmm. these are common. I see, I see a lot of roundworm uh, flukes. Some patients may say, oh, I don't have pets. I never had pets, so I'm probably fine. <laughs> but question is, do you drink water? <laughs> 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 do you travel out of country? Even U.S. water, 20% of U.S. water is contaminated with the cyst and egg of the parasite. So our body should have the ability, have enough stomach acid to prevent them from crossing mm -hmm. our stomach. But unfortunately, a lot of us don't have enough stomach acid because of the processed food we eat, because of the anti-acids we take, protonics, uh, Zantac, you know, all these anti-acid bringing stomach acid low, which, which is wrong to do. You want, if you have heartburn, you want to look at the food allergy, for example. Food mm -hmm. allergy can cause heartburn. That would be number one cause, you know. So you want to look at the root cause, not do a Band-Aid method and mm -hmm. tend to medicine. And there's so much here. I can't wait to break this apart a little bit more. But first, so let's 
let's highlight just again the ways the main ways that you can get exposed so you've covered pets water but then also food supply yeah food food supply raw food like raw salads Mm. um, or sushi even with fish if the chef who's preparing your sushi is not expert on it and there is some excess that can miss the egg they can miss on your straw fish and then you intake it and then matter of time you're going to come symptomatic so question mm. is what kind of symptoms because yeah. it's so broad spectrum you can have all kind of symptoms like constipation you could have diarrhea you could have rectal and vaginal itching which is very common with pinworms mm. And then you could feel constant hunger, and that's due to tapeworm because they suck your nutrients. The funny part is I've been treating parasite. Initially, five, six years ago, I was using natural medicine. For the past couple of years, I've been giving drugs to patients. And some of them from last year, they're like, Dr. Peter, I'm gaining so much weight now. <laughs> you know, they start <laughs> gaining weight finally because the parasite was sucking mm. their nutrients and they are making them lose mm. weight. And then you could have chronic um, fatigue. And one of the common parasites that can cause chronic fatigue is Giardia, which you could get from water supply Mm -hmm. and traveling out of country Mm -hmm. and all that. And And then, then, you know, the brain fog, all the mental. Yeah, yeah, because it can affect your brain, cause depression, can cause different, but also a common one is abdominal bloating, IBS. It can cause autoimmune disease. I reverse autoimmunes like lupus, uh, Crohn's, due to parasite. And because that chronic yeah, inflammation. Exactly. So this parasite can affect the colon, can affect your body, and cause you could have rashes. You could have all kind of vague symptom, cough, history of bronchitis, mm. constant acute bronchitis. It can affect your lungs. A lot of different symptoms. So let's talk a little bit about how, because even just hearing that, even hearing about some of these symptoms, it might be compelling enough for someone to say, wow, I have a lot of those. I think I'm going to go check this out. But I want to talk a little bit too about how if these are left unchecked, what is happening? How are these infections creating that chronic uh, inflammation and just that like tax on the immune system? So yeah, it does affect your immune system. Chronic parasite infection can lead to cancer. As we see a lot of our patients, breast cancer, melanomas, a lot of different diagnoses of cancer have parasite. They had Mm -hmm. chronic parasite infection. And it and also, for example, if you have Lyme, parasite can get infected with Lyme. Lyme is an ectopic parasite, oh you know, goodness. protozoa. It can affect your body through a mosquito bite. They even say single cell parasite can be affected. You could get it by a mosquito bite. So wow. even Lyme, parasite can be affected. And then let's say you get rid of the Lyme with the antibiotic, but you can get rid of the Lyme with the antibiotic that the parasite is infected. So you have to get rid of the parasite. Mm-hmm. So, um, Well, let's talk now about how you can identify if you have an infection. Because you mentioned real quick that 98% of stool tests come back negative. So why is that? 
So, yeah, the parasites are stuck in your organs or stuck. They're not going to come out just because you're going to do a test. They're happy in your liver or in your kidneys or in your pancreas or your intestine. That's why you can even see it sometimes in colonoscopies because they're in the tissue and they have the same density as your tissue. So if you do ultrasound and imaging, you cannot see them. Mm-hmm. So they are same density. And sometimes they can make a bubble on your organs, like make a cyst in your organs. And believe it or not, I reverse a lot of cysts in the abdomen and the kidneys and all that by treating the parasite. Mm-hmm. I had patients with complex cysts that they said, oh, that may be due to cancer. You need to do biopsy. I treated her with parasite medicine. The cyst started shrinking and getting normalized and going away. So it's amazing. It could be misdiagnosed with cancer. It could be a root cause of cancer. Mm. So the way we uh, diagnose it here, there is a couple of scans we have, but through blood work, usually patients present with anemia, iron deficiency. They will have high eosinophilia. Through blood work, I could suspect them, you know, and their symptoms. Then I have them do a couple of scans, either a frequency scan or biomeridian scanning. So frequency scan, it's a scan that scans your body, looks for frequencies that that shouldn't be in you, mm-hmm. like bacteria frequency, parasite frequency. Mm-hmm. And then it tells me what kind of uh, species it is. Mm-hmm. And then biomeridian testing, it does text your acupuncture points and will tell us what's going on, if there is a parasite and what medicine would work for it. So let's talk about now treating it. You said you use drugs sometimes. We also have the firefly that goes along with the F-scan. Um, I know Molly often prescribes the Candida protocol, so there's a lot of approaches we can take to eliminating these parasites from our body. What so are some of those? Candida protocol is for Candida. Mm-hmm. So because a lot of people, when they have parasite, they tend to have fungus too and Candida, but uh, that's for different. But she does tell us sometimes what medicine would work, but depending, let's say if I do the frequency scan, it depends on the scan's frequency, what kind of parasite comes up. Then if it's like a liver fluke, then I know what to treat it. If it's tapeworm, I know what medicine to give. Mm-hmm. And you can't just give one time and one cycle because you can't kill the egg and the cyst. Mm. So you want to wait for them to mature and hit it again and again and again. I do like four months and then sometimes up to a year a different kind of treatment because sometimes you may have one kind of parasite treated with one medicine but the other organism parasite you may have multi different kind you Mm -hmm. may have liver fluke tapeworm all together Mm -hmm. so you need to use different medicines some patient i treat with like four different parasite medicine so it's really not easy and a lot of patients say oh natural i've been taking it for example black walnut is great clove garlic yes i say you could use those but by itself is not strong enough to kill the parasites. Mm-hmm. Like pumpkin seeds, uh, papaya seeds, those could be helpful to add it, but you definitely need the medicine. Mm-hmm. And then the sort of the next step from that is then addressing gut health and what we're putting in our bodies so that we create an internal terrain that is not habitable 
or hospitable to parasites, right? Yeah, so if we yeah. just kill them, but we don't change anything else in our lifestyle, then we you might just get, get them again. You could get it again from your pet or from, yeah. So that's why stomach acid is important. But some of the cysts are resistant even to your stomach acid. They still could cross. So I think it's important to do check your patients for parasite once a year, once every two years. And if you suspect on the blood work, because they do cause a uh, change in your eosinophil, well, part of your white blood cell will be elevated. So you could tell a patient is usually iron deficient, um, macrocytic anemia. You, if you see that picture and you've been having it chronically, you're like, oh, I always been iron deficient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to know why? Mm-hmm. Is it due to heavy periods? But then, when you're off the 50s, your iron deficiency should improve or whatever. You know, you want to mm-hmm. make sure you address the root cause of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you could get it, so you want to make sure you take stomach acid. Uh, to increase the acidity in your stomach so those eggs don't cross and you want to avoid raw fish. You want to make sure you wash your hand after petting your animal. Don't let the animal lick your face and lick your mouth. Um, All these stuff, (laughs) you know, prevention is the key and give dewormer to your dog and cat twice a year. It's all about prevention. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Vita. I think this is going to be so informative it's a topic that's really not talked about that much Uh, whereas like here at the center we hear about this all day long because we're seeing it so often so it's kind of old news to us but to many of our audience it might be the first time they're hearing about it yeah in 1980s and and they used to have a lot of articles on parasite and stuff and uh, yama different medical journals unfortunately you don't see them anymore so they don't talk about it but yeah, it's good to know and good be on top of it to figure it out. Don't be, because there are some studies now that um, the doctors data or Genova, they do this specialized stool testing, checking for parasite or they're testing for parasite DNA and stuff, mm-hmm. but don't give up because they can miss it as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, biomeridian and frequency scan is a good way if your doctor doesn't know how to diagnose you, if you have those typical symptoms, vague symptom that your doctor cannot help you, it's good to do that. But thank you for having me. It's always good to inform people and educate people about their health absolutely thank you so much